This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Our thanks again to Chris Rose, just joined us. Always one of my favorite conversations. I don't think that's the first time there's been a dog barking in the background. No. During a Chris Rose interview. I get it. Sometimes they just won't be quiet. I had to go to the vet yesterday, too. We, had to, we of course, heard about Woods' tragic experience with Orange Cat earlier this week. Tragic both. and expensive. Tra- tragic and expensive. Mm-hmm. Tragically both. expensive. Tragically expensive. I was... Uh, I was presented with a, uh, a not quite as tragic dilemma, but um, I was project I was presented with a uh, an estimate for seventeen hundred dollars to remove this um, like blob off my dog's stomach, like a fatty blob, like a fatty blob that's been growing. It's like they had, like she has this. Like udder, like a boob, like an udder, yeah, like a cow would have. Yeah, it's just it's kind of grown. Um, it's not apparently <sighs> a giant skin tag. Yeah, it's not necessarily dangerous, but it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Eventually, it's going to be the same size that she is. Boobs. It's going to be dragging on the the, the, the yeah, ground. Yeah, it's going to yeah. It's it's just so they said we can take that off and got the estimate. So what are your what are you I don't know. What's I mean, your option? You don't, I don't have an really option. have an option. You that's don't. the problem. That's, that's the thing. They back. It's a ransom. They back you into a corner and they leave. I that. don't really even have the the option that you had of saying goodbye, though. I could go. No, we're not going to do that. Just go ahead and put her down. But she's uh, not in any sir, danger. He's, she's she's healthy. not sick. She's fine. She's no, she's very no, healthy. No. She's probably got seven, I eight years left. I, I know hey, what you're look, saying. I know. Let's between you and me. We know. I know what's coming. Um, so just go ahead and t- 400 to put her down. Okay. I understand. Yeah. And no, sir, I, Mr. Higgins, you don't have to, uh, euthanize her. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. Wink. I see your wink. It's 400. You're sure that's not a cancerous tumor. Right. Right. It's inoperable, right? right? On the stomach. No, it's, it's tough, dude. A, it's tough. Just an extra udder. So now <laughs> we can milk her. Maybe. So now <laughs> ugh, nipples, Greg, can you milk me? So now 1700. So, Combined on this show this week, fifty nine hundred dollars <laughs> on a now deceased cat, and a well, that's in addition to the several hundred I just spent I yesterday just Greg. on the. Could you milk me on, on the checkup to begin with? So let's let's call it sixty five hundred and change for the show this week in veterinary I mean, expenses. It it's it's it hurts me to my soul. You know, my wife was actually studying to become a vet at Washington State. That Did not was know her, that. That was her dream when she started as a freshman. Well, but, you'd be a very rich man. Had well, that's she what I was thinking. That. Yes, yeah. if she would be raking it in right now, if uh, she had stuck with that. But one of the first classes she had was <clears throat> artificially inseminating a cow. And apparently, you know, you would think, well, how do how do you do that? Do you, is there like a syringe or something that goes on? No, there's this long glove. glove that goes on your arm, and you got to get up there in like all the way up to the shoulder, 
in the cow. Deep. Semen samples. Deep. <laughs> and that was pretty much it for her veterinary career. I mean, how many vets... Like in your normal neighborhood vet, nobody is walking a cow in to be like. Uh, it's more of your rural, rural it's your vet. Rural vet. But I, hey, by the way, I don't want to be a rural vet. I'm going to planning on living. I in want to be city. an urban vet. An urban vet. Dogs and cats and maybe the occasional iguana. Yeah, the frogs and whatever else. What else? What do, what do they see? You think on a daily basis? Reptiles. For Probably sure. a couple of reptiles. But mostly it's dogs be and cats. 98% right. cats and dogs, right? Yeah, I would imagine. Maybe a bunny rabbit yeah, occasionally. Bunny, gerbil. Hamster. Hamster. Really? Does anyone take their hamster to the vet? Just get another one. It's $9. <laughs> <laughs> get another one. He's, he's never going to know. Man, just a hamster. It's just a hamster. It's fine. So now we're. Do you ever see hamsters in the wild? Never. I have never seen a hamster Nor in the I. wild. Paul, you ever see a hamster in the wild? No, they squir- running around squirrels, yeah. gophers, rats, other things. Sure. But you never see a hamster just running around in the wild. They're no. always we have a possum they, that hangs out on our. They pants. always have the little bottle dropper of liquid yeah. in the wheel, and it's like that's the only place they exist. <laughs> and the, the wood it, chips at the yeah. bottom, yeah, <laughs> standard. The, every hamster in on Earth lives in a in a cage, in a little glass cage yeah. with a wheel. Is that that's true? true? Yeah, that is true. So uh, well, so what? What's the when does the verdict come down? I don't know. I, I'm going to make the appointment and have them remove the blob. Just got a DM from our buddy Greg. He says my dog Scooter got attacked by another. He had to have his spleen removed for ten thousand oh, dollars. Holy no! Crap! By the way, now you have a spleenless dog. By the way, we got pet insurance yesterday for our remaining pets. That is something that actually went down. We've never done it. I had wished that we had, but now we have it. We have pet insurance. Well, now nothing will ever happen. Correct. And we'll just be paying just... for the insurance constantly. That's exactly right. Well, I'm sorry. I hope Shalan recovers. <laughs> Do I you? think I'm the only one that hopes <laughs> Shalan recovers from this this blob. All right, let's uh, let's to recover a little bit with some Rhinel Report headlines. Why don't we? And get things started here. With our edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Rindle Report. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Rindle Report with Paul Rindle. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Biatch? It's the Rindle Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can I get a yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How can it be so unappealing when the the woman says it, and so great when Bo and Taylor do it? Wild hamsters are found throughout much of Europe and Asia. All hamsters are nocturnal or active at night. They have terrible eyesight, but their senses of snell and touch, (laughs) as well as their whiskers, help them navigate. So if I was, like, in Hungary right now, and it was night... I'd have there be hamsters all over. Yeah, the running place. around Hungarian hamsters <laughs> running around the streets of Budapest. Oh, uh, gentlemen, we will start off in college football. I think Dennis Dodd might have uh, mentioned it briefly in the seven o'clock hour. If he didn't, to... we could replay it at nine thirty and then hear it for Ooh, ourselves. We could. 
just in case, <laughs> I wanted to give you guys a chance to react to uh, this week's college football playoff rankings. Georgia took the top spot, moved up to number one after they beat number one Tennessee last weekend, 27 to 13. Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU round out the top four in the college football playoff rankings. Tennessee is sitting at number five after losing. I mean, it's a, if there's any such thing as a good loss, I'd say losing to Georgia would be a good loss. That'll but that still dropped them out of the college football playoffs that, as of now. That's why the Ohio State loss that Notre Dame had in the first game, was, I was like, okay, well, you can live with that. But then you go out and you lose to Marshall. And, and who was the other one at home they lost to? Oh, who was it? Stanford? Stan- Stanford. Stanford. Terrible. Stanford. Just, then you beat Clemson. It's it's a roller coaster ride. Yeah, like the Cleveland Guardians. Stanford used to be the Indians as well, but you don't you never mess that one up. I didn't know that. That's yeah. why. Yeah, before they were the Cardinals. I'm bad on the Redskins so, and and Indians. So thing. the interesting thing is with the loss, Tennessee pretty much can't go to the SEC championship game because they're behind Georgia. They don't have the tiebreaker. They'd have to catch up two games the rest of the way. Georgia's almost certainly not losing twice the rest of the way. So Tennessee is going to have that weird situation where they're at number five. If anyone in front of them loses, they can move up, but can they make the playoff without even getting to their conference championship game? Yes, they can. It's going to be weird, though. It It is weird when that happens. It's very strange. But yeah, they're in good... They're actually maybe in better shape by losing than they would have been with winning. Hmm. I mean, the, if they were winning, they would be number one with a bullet, and right. maybe they'd survive a loss in the championship game. But had they won, they would have almost certainly had to have faced either Alabama or LSU in the in, in the, the SEC championship game, yeah. game, risking the last loss there, the late loss that could knock you out if you look really bad in that game. Now True. they won't even have to play that game. And will likely move up because Ohio State or Michigan will have to lose yes. against each other at some point. Well, you say, but it also gives you a chance to impress in the, the title game. And you win your conference. Well, yeah, and, but if deal. you win the, the conference title game, no one really complains if you make the playoff. Correct. Well, they won the SEC. They, yeah. they certainly in. deserve to be in. Now, the rest of Tennessee's schedule... Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. That's three dubs right there. Pretty much, yeah. you know, guaranteed to just cruise in at eleven and one and wait for other people to do bad things. That's not bad. It's not the worst situation to, be to in. get your spot in the in the college football playoff. Yeah, it's a it's a good spot. Makes it hard for a team like Oregon or USC to pass Tennessee though, because there's really no there's not much chance that Tennessee's going to stumble again. They've played the toughest games on their schedule, no doubt. Switch over to uh, NFL football. Chris Rose kind of jogged my memory. I wanted to expand on the coaching move that Jeff Saturday made with the Colts. You see who's going to be calling plays for him? Uh, The guy's name is Parks Frazier. He's been the passing game specialist and assistant quarterbacks coach for the Colts. And he'll be now calling the plays. He has never coached above the high school level. It's insane, man. His resume is absurd. Like, he got, like, a computer science degree in college and so on and so forth, and he's been working with the Colts for several years in various roles, but now he's going to be the man calling the plays in an, for an NFL team. I'd say that would be ner- nerve-wracking as all get out. What would be... 
What would be the most nerve-wracked you would be if somebody grabbed you from the stands and said, we need you to do this on a coaching level? So, yeah, obviously not playing. Right. I. It's got to be offensive coordinator. Third base yeah? coach? Oh, it'd be a blast. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know. make that decision. No, send you know. Or stay. You know. you know. Better than calling plays. Oh. I mean, I think. I, oh, God. Calling plays? I feel like defensive I mean, coordinator would be it, really tough. You'd have to put in a lot of work to learn, obviously, all the plays. Oh. But at that point, you know, it's creativity. I think Basically. defensive coordinator would be more tough because that's so reactionary <laughs> in the moment, right? Like, I think calling offensive plays would be an absolute nightmare. I, I kinda, think learning I think it sounds kind of fun, like oh. mixing it up and, oh. you know, go with the run when they're expecting pass and the pass when they're expecting the run. Keep the uh, the defense off balance. It's not coaching, but if they if you were at an NFL game and they said, "Hey, we need you to be a ref," oh, it'd be oh terrible. my it'd god, be off, be the worst thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> refing any umping, anything. Yeah, really anything. Um, umpire at first base. That would be, be tough. Horrible. You're standing there in the middle of the field. You're like in football. You're on the yeah. field. You don't know where you're supposed to and go. You got, an or, you got a yellow flag, and you're you're supposed to watch the offensive line. You just get blindsided Did, by some line. Is that holding or is that not holding? It's, everything's holding. I mean, I think it, how it's got to be so close every play. He's kind of in front of him, but then he got to the side, and he sort of he sort of grabbed his arm. Do I throw the flag or not this time? I honest to God, I've, you know, every all radio hosts do this bit, and it gets them in trouble. I honestly, I think I could manage a major league baseball game, and I don't think you'd really tell much of the difference. Wouldn't say I'd win or lose, but I could manage it. I could write out the lineup. I could call the, you know, hey, let's steal, let's not take, whatever. I don't think you'd notice much of a difference in one game. Now, no. over the course of a season, you absolutely would, but I could manage it for a day. I would absolutely have to wear a diaper because I'd be terrified, but I think I could do it. You put me in a booth with a headset and a playbook. Um, uh, 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 I'd be a wreck. Forty-two right trips, trips forty-two right, and then hey, what's the next one? They're looking up at the booth, giving me the come on, let's go. The play clock is ticking. A wreck. a wreck. You're ready to take a delay game penalty oh, again. I would be a wreck. I would have two guys firing in the bullpen. From like the fourth inning on, <laughs> which also you can't do, you can't do that. But I would have it. I would be. I would not be caught with my pants down. And finally, uh, Florida woman is back in the news Ooh, love this Florida week. Woman. Yeah, got in trouble for trying to sneak a gun past TSA okay. on a plane. That'll do it. That'll do it. That can't be the extent of the story, though. That's... No. That would be any... Bad, but not to the level of Rindle reporting. No. Florida woman tried to sneak the gun past TSA by stuffing it inside of a raw chicken that was in their luggage. You had to have your gun that bad. Just, you know, the big, raw, uncooked chicken. Yeah, just just boop. Stuck it right in there. Yeah, they'll never notice this. Uh, Ma'am, why do you have a raw chicken? Oh, I always carry my own chicken with me wherever I I can think of those guys who cheated at fishing. Yes. Let wait. There's a gun. There's a gun. There's a gun in this fish. This bass has a Colt 45 in it. Those guys are like, damn it! Why did we think of that? Needless to say, this woman did not make her flight. Um, If you are caught trying to sneak a gun past TSA, it comes with a. $1,500 $1,500 fine, 3000 if the gun was loaded, Ooh. and if it's a repeat offense, uh, that can be up to go up to $14,000. You should be arrested if you're trying to sneak a raw chicken. I, I'm glad you mentioned true. that, yeah. because you actually are allowed to bring an entire uncooked chicken or turkey in your carry-on if 
if you want. That's absolutely disgusting. Just don't bring the any guns with it. The entire plane gets salmonella while you're it's up so there? It's so disgusting. Now, is that refrigerated at all? I mean, was it in a cooler? What was going on here? I would like to uh, read you the social media post that the TSA posted of the chicken with the gun inside of it. Uh, and I ask Ben, have you taken up a job, a third job, writing copy for the TSA? Ooh, okay, here we go. I like this. TSA says, there's a personal foul here. Foul. foul. Yep. The plot chickens as we oh, barrel our no. way closer to Thanksgiving. For us, it's a time to be thankful that our officers are always working around the cluck to keep you safe. <laughs> He's chortling. Take, for instance, this, can you believe it? Can you believe it? Find it. Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. We hate to beak it to you mm. here, but stuffing a firearm in your holiday bird for travel is just a waste of time. This idea wasn't even half baked. It was raw, greasy, and obviously unsupervised. The only roast happening here is this poor packing choice. Feather you like it or not, oh. there are rules for traveling with guns and ammunition, so don't wing it. Roost over the proper packaging info through the link in our bio. All right, let me let me take it another step. So this was a holiday. Like, you're tra- why are you traveling with this bird? It's my holiday bird. I'm bringing it with me to cook for the holidays. And you went with a chicken, a chicken. because you couldn't get a, just a chicken anywhere. It's not even a, a turkey or a goose. <laughs> Can't or something. you get a turkey everywhere? You can, but I mean, really, this is such a special chicken that it requires. Being carried on the plane with you to bring it to wherever you're going. It's what you call a red flag. Yeah. Somebody goes, in what world would flying with raw poultry not be suspicious? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Apparently it's been done. Oh, my God. Oh, there you go. Thank you, Paulie. You're welcome. I ripped my sweatshirt off. It's 100 degrees in here. All right. uh, We still haven't gotten to the curious case of Jorge Alfaro. Trying to unravel that Padres mystery. We also... Boy, I hate to speculate. Have some time do for I? some phone calls. If you want to join us here in our last hour, do so. 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. Join us as we go until 10 o'clock. Uh, ben and Woods, let's get another check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Every day, get NFL headlines delivered straight to your smart speaker earbuds. The best football show podcast wraps up the world in 15 minutes. Makes you smarter at the water cooler. Host Elliot Shore Parks explains the biggest stories from multiple vantage points. And they combine all the other Odyssey podcasts, the football podcast, and kind of boils it down to just the best stuff. So you've got all the news and insight from across the league. Follow it in the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't uh, I don't have any insights on exactly 
when or where Jorge Alfaro fell out of favor. I only know that it seemed to happen, and I'm not even sure exactly with who he fell out of favor with inside the Padres organization, but according to the latest reporting, um, he's not expected to be brought back next year, despite the fact he had, what, five, five. walk-off, either hits or one bases loaded walk over the course of the season, and at least for the first four or five months, was one of the more popular players. Now, he did get hurt, he missed some time, and he certainly wasn't an offensive force when he came back after that. But there are a lot of guys on the Padres who slumped, didn't perform offensively, struggled at times, and they didn't necessarily get buried deep under the bench the way Jorge Alfaro was, not to ever even see a an at-bat during the postseason. Yeah, and and you got Austin Nola catching every single inning of every single game, taking every AB as well. It was confounding, and you know, I, I you got to a point though in the playoffs where he hadn't seen live pitching in so long, Ben, that when people would say, "Well, why isn't Alfaro getting in at bat?" and I would say, "Because he hasn't seen live pitching in a month." Because chicken in the egg. Yeah, it was the chicken in the egg, right? Like. You know how you get him to see some live pitching? You put him in a game. But at that point in the season, you know, whatever happened, happened. I have no idea. There was a little blurb on uh, Kevin Acey's, in one of his daily hits, about a month ago, or maybe six weeks ago at this point. And it essentially said that the quote was, he's fallen out of favor. And I don't know what that means. I don't know. And it happened, actually... I want to say it happened right after the Padres clinched their the day they lost. It was like the next day or something uh, that came out. So I do wonder what happened in that time. What I do know about Jorge Alfaro, I know this. Phenomenal teammate. Teammates loved him, rallied around him. The fans loved him, rallied around him. Was he the next Wilson Contreras? No, he's been in the league a long time. He's got a good arm. He had a flair for the dramatic uh, this season. He's a hard worker. We know that. We saw him in spring training. We told that story a billion times. First guy in every single day but as we were setting up. First guy for however long with three, four straight days. He was the first guy there, man, trying to make that team. And he did and, and caught some big innings for this team uh, this season. But you're right. Something happened down the stretch where, and look, man, personalities clash. Um, you know, I have no idea what he did, but he's not coming back. Now, guess, if we tried to deduce some sort of timeline, I mean, I'm looking at his plate appearances and his game logs. I mean, August, fairly consistent with the rest of the year. And then into September, uh, September 14th, he had four plate appearances. And then after that, I mean,. Two plate appearances here, two plate appearances there, one, 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 one into October, and then did not see the field at all. The whole month of October. the playoffs, yeah. Now, even had he not fallen out of favor, Padres were still going to have to make a decision because they have Luis Camposano. At some point, you're going to have to give him more of an opportunity. I don't see Austin Nola going anywhere, though, next year. So I don't think three catchers was necessarily the answer. Something has got to give. Now, if Luis Camposano is a player that is interesting to other organizations and you're trying to you know, acquire pitching uh, or fill another hole, it's going to be harder to trade him when you don't have a backup option. Um, you know, Backup catchers are not the most pricey you know, free agents out there on the market, but 
they also don't have as much talent and, and potential that a Luis Camposano would bring to that position. He would give the Padres a potential advantage there, and if he does you know, break out and, and become what the Padres are hoping he could be, he may supplant Austin Nola at some point, given that opportunity. I don't know. I just, I'm not sure that Jorge Alfaro was going to be in the plans either way for the Padres in 2023. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that either, Ben. I, 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 and that's probably a very good way to look at it is what really was going to happen next next year. Uh, his projected salary was going to be about $3.6 million. You know, like you, ha- you have two guys that are ready. It, can we recall a time, though, where we didn't carry three catchers on this team? Because I can't. Um, that seems about standard for the San Diego Padres. So I, I expect if he goes... They didn't have three catchers for most of the season. Didn't they? Well, no. Campy came up late. Cam- Camposano was in the minors. It was yeah, just, it was just, it was just Nola and Alfaro for they, most of the year. The, the wild thing, they carried three all throughout the playoffs and only one played. At all, yeah, they had at all. They had two roster positions during the postseason. That, valuable roster that did positions did not get used. That in three different series didn't get an at bat, a pinch hit, a defensive inning. I mean that that is that's not necessarily the best use of your roster spots. Now, agreed, there wasn't a lot of other guys that you were wishing were on the roster well, at the same time. You gotta have one. <laughs> you, you gotta have of one. course. You gotta have a backup. Uh, otherwise, it was Will Myers gearing up and heading behind the dish. You could have had a Craig Stam. You could have had another pitcher, a Craig yeah. Stammen, or, or someone there. Not that they would have needed him necessarily at any point either. But it's the weird. Missing piece, it's Quizmat. weird that you would have two backup catchers, neither of which would ever see an inning of action for an entire postseason. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I, I do know that I like Jorge Alfaro very much. Um, by all accounts, was a, a seemingly really, really good dude. And and again, I've heard from multiple people that he is a great, great clubhouse guy. Like, everybody in that clubhouse loved him. And I think that is, you know, it was weird because it became his role down the stretch. That's what he was, clubhouse guy, glue guy, because Austin Nola was getting all the reps. Well, uh, if he is done with the Padres, as it appears he is, you can never take away the five walk-offs, and you can never take away, let's... Leaping go San Diego, which will live live on. The, the guy had his own mural here, for the love of God. <laughs> That's five games he won for us. It's very few players who get a mural but before that season's even over have completely fallen out of favor with an organization. Now, somebody in my DM said, could it be because he cursed on television and then they told him not to and he kept doing it? I, I'm going to go ahead and say no. That was I'm not a major factor. I'm also going to say that. I, you know, knowing AJ Preller as I do, I don't think that's going to be the deciding factor on whether he thinks you should be getting playing yeah. time or not. Uh, yeah, you're, right. you're in bad language. Yeah, it's going to cost you your job. That metric is probably yeah. not high in his his radar. Well, I'll miss you, Jorge Alfaro. I like the dude. All right, last segment of Ben Woods. As I said, the uh, phone lines are open eight three three two eight eight zero ninety seven three. Get you ready. Well, we'll let you also know. I think we have some good guests coming up on Thursday and Friday we got this week bangers. that we're looking forward to as well. So that's all coming up. Got uh, tickets to give away. And, oh, yeah, Polly, thank you for reminding me. We do have some Aztecs tickets to give away back home at Snapdragon Stadium. If you haven't checked it out yet, it is a gorgeous football facility, and the Aztecs are trying to become bowl eligible this week. Uh, you can call right now for a pair of tickets to see the Aztecs take on San Jose State. Third caller wins, 833 288 0973 and you can get your tickets at goaztecs.com for Saturday's game back with this uh, after this on 973 the fan
Well, Tier 1s, you made the right choice. I'm your commander-in-chief. Can you believe this guy, Paulie? You just dropped on us? I, I would say no, but, but I can absolutely believe it. Just got dropped the, uh, the news of sixth vacation on us before the year's end. Yeah, I right? still have a you know, couple days off I need to use, so going to do that in December. Yeah, we're all taking two weeks off in December. That wasn't enough for you? That wasn't enough. If you want me to come in during those two weeks, I'll do a couple extra shows. No, I don't want you to come in Happy by yourself, that. but then that means Paulie's got to come in. I'm not coming in. <laughs> oh, fine. That's your punishment. You have to do two shows with Adam during Christmas. Yes. Yes. It's not as big of a punishment as you think. I, I Adam and I get along okay. Adam and I get along okay. <laughs> I don't want to come and do a show with just me and him. I've had to do it. Not that bad. Terrible. Not that bad. Terrible. Horrible radio. Horrible. Brought our brand down. So tell everybody where you're going. I'm just going to be vacation. my buddy Scotty for some golf for now a couple that's days. That's farm to table, Scott. Yeah. He's coming back this side. We're not really not leaving the country or anything. We're just going to take a couple days off to play some golf. 36 holes a day. Really pack it in for a couple of days. Me and you and Paul will be at the winter meetings on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Correct. That feels like a full week. To go out to the winter meetings it does. for three straight days. It, do- then, it absolutely does. Then it's time to take a couple of days off at the end of the week after the winter meetings are over. For you. So my Secretary of State, President will be here. i got a job to do. So the end of the year, you got to finish strong at the end of the year. Paul and I will be here. It's fine. So then Thursday, Friday, sixth vacation goes into effect. Where are you playing? Oh, we're playing a few different places. Like? Uh, we're going to go over to the desert and play a little bit. Palm, some palm desert. Desert yeah. golf. Maybe uh, like PGA West. Oh, fancy. Yeah, well, it's me. You know, it's going to be fancy. Speaking of golf, a little breaking news for you this morning. Uh, We talked about the match, Tiger and Rory against Justin and Jordan. What is that, December 12th or 10th? 10th, I think it was. Uh, Tiger just tweeted that uh, you're actually going to see him before that. He is going to be playing in his own Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas from December 1st through the 4th. It'll be his first competition since the Open Championship back in July. So Tiger's return to competitive golf uh, just uh, three weeks away in his own Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas. That one did not go well. The Open? No. Yeah, did not go well for him. So I'd like to see a little bit better. Uh, you know, he's still, I'm sure, feeling better now than he was then. Have you seen his son's golf swing? We've yeah, seen I've seen it. Uh, he was in some sort of tournament uh, just the last couple of days. Tiger people, was caddying. People were showing some videos of Charlie. Staggering. And, we saw him, of course, in that father-son event. That was like a year ago when they played together, and it was very impressive. He's now a year older, and seems looks like, like he's, he's only gotten better. Yeah. Seems like he's grown a foot, and the swing is... I mean, as you can imagine, you have the greatest golfer ever as your dad, but that doesn't guarantee you anything at all. No. Ever. But that swing is picture perfect. And he is how old? 12 he's years 13 old? 13 13 yeah. years old? I mean, it is perfection. Bastard. Bastard. Who's going to have tough to follow bigger, in those footsteps? Though. Bigger sure. shoes to fill: Bronny Junior or Charlie Woods? I think I lean towards Bronny Junior because it's going to come down to championships. One most likely. That being said, though, Bronny Junior will have at least four other people around him to help him win. Charlie Woods will have nobody it, but It's himself. so interesting because it is such an unbelievable accomplishment just to get to the pinnacle of your game, reach the 
reach the pros, yeah. get there. Um, but, of course, those particular players will always be judged in the shadow of what their fathers did. And if you want you know, more insight on that, I suggest you turn into Gwyn and Chris this afternoon. Yes. Tony Gwynn Jr., reaching, just reaching the big leagues and massive. having a you know, multi-year career, really incredible, amazing. But, of course, it's hard not to, when he looks like his dad and sounds like his dad, you're going to compare him to his dad. And when he doesn't hit 350. Same name and his, his dad. Yeah, yeah same, same name. name and he doesn't hit 350, you're going to go, oh, now yeah. I guess, you know, not, not really following. Of course he did. It was an amazing job. What he did just getting to the big leagues. Yeah, making professional, making the big leagues is extremely, extremely, extremely difficult. And to stay for as long as he did, too. Yeah, remarkable feat. Getting there for one at bat is a no doubt. major accomplishment. No doubt. And so I think, years. you know, with Bronny. What's that stat that if you put every player who's 30, ever reached or something? Not even that, dude. The big it's, leagues, it's like 20,000. Yeah, they just 20. got to 20,000 this last year. Not even half of Petco Park would be filled. By every player in the history of baseball who has ever gotten to the big leagues. Crazy. For over a century. Been on a lineup card. Yeah. Yeah. Just crazy. Not even half of Petco Park. It's crazy, man. That's, it, it's so hard it hurts to wrap my brain yeah, every time it, I hear that. Me too. It really, really does. So, um, but I think. If you had 20,000 people at Petco, you'd be like, good. Where is God, everybody? What, yeah, the, what hell the hell happened? happened? Yeah, what, I know yeah, it's a Tuesday Soto. night, but Jesus. I mean, uh, Ty Cobb, everyone yeah, that's been there. All of them. You can all be sitting there, and it wouldn't fill up half that place. Wouldn't like Graham. One at bat. He'd be there. No he didn't bats. get the no at bats. Just in, into the game. Yep. He's a real person. He was fictional, right? No, he was a real person. He was real. Yeah, Moonlight Graham was a real person. He wasn't just created mm-hmm. by the author. It's a real. That's a real story. Did some, did some research and He's put him into the story. Put him into the story. Uh, the exact. I guess Shoeless Joe Jackson was real too. Yep. So, yeah. The exact scenario that happened. Played one inning or one half inning of right field and never to be heard from again. Pretty much. So, um, I think Paulie, to your question, I think it's Charlie Woods. Charlie Woods has massive shoes to fill, and again, you got to do it all your. You have to win a golf tournament. Like that's all on you. You don't have four guys like, hey, let me roll this putt in for you. And the spotlight's going to be tremendous on both of them. And I'll tell you, just what I've seen from Charlie in his in the brief time he spent with the media, <laughs> dude looks unaffected at 13 years old. Looks completely unaffected. And I think it's more because <clears throat> I was thinking basketball more because there's so many golf tournaments throughout the year yeah. that he'll have opportunities to win. It's true. Whereas like you know in the NBA or NFL or MLB like you get one long season to win it all. And also Charlie's not going to have to I would imagine based on his skill level, you know, the guy could play for 3 more years and go, "You know what? I don't really well, like the golf thing anymore." Also, well, but the thing with golf as well, unlike basketball or even baseball where a guy with the lineage and the pedigree might get an extra shot or two. Sure. Hey, he's, he's Bronny James. I mean, we're not going to just cut him the first day. Right. In golf, you you can't you can't fake it. You got to qualify for the PGA Tour. You got to actually shoot the rounds. You can't sign and you get a sponsor's exemption. You can, well, I mean, <laughs> without maybe, a card, maybe there is, but you still have to get there. You get to the tour. You're gonna have to prove yourself. It's not. There's it's no. There's no free tickets or easy rides to get there. But here's the deal. He's not going to be sleeping in his car on his way to the next. No, tournament. that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Matt Janella if he thinks uh, if he thinks that that Charlie Woods' grind to the PGA Tour is going to be a little bit different than yeah, his, the private jet to Q School is probably going to give him an advantage over the guys who are eating McDonald's all and the, sleeping in their cars. All the Buicks he can handle. <laughs> He's got a different Buick for every single day. All the clubs he can handle. Like 
it's going to be different, but still, I, I'm so fascinated to see where it goes for this kid. He is, he seemed, by all accounts, is a really, really good kid. All right, uh, phone lines are back open. Congratulations to Lewis, by the way, who uh, won the Aztecs tickets. Congratulations. Enjoy that one at Snapdragon Stadium. You can call us up again, 833-288-0973. We'll do that after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fam. All right, 833-288-0973. Uh, we've kind of gone uh, all over the map today. We had uh, interviews about college football baseball with chris rose we talked uh, nfl with him as well uh it's just been a little bit of everything today kind of an eclectic mix yeah hodgepodge if you will we had steven seagal music we had it all yeah we talked about uh, the concert tonight at petco park elton john is performing tonight one night only is it sold out it is i assume well, he's probably found some, he found yeah, some I was on resale though yeah, but i don't resale. know if it's sold out i assume that, that it's been a pretty popular ticket to go see a legend like that that doesn't come to San Diego very often. Yeah, true. Final tour. They all say that, though. They all right? say it, yeah. <laughs> Kiss that, and then they're on a Kiss cruise now. I mean, I'm not a concert promoter, but, hey, we're going to be on tour, but don't worry, you'll have many other chances to see him coming up soon. <laughs> Probably <laughs> drives ticket sales less than yeah. final tour ever. Don't miss a legend but in his last appearance get, in town. The older they get, you can't be like, well, he'll be back around again. Would I mean, we increase our ratings by saying tomorrow's going to be our final, final show? show ever. The last bet it was ever. Was. But then we then just, we'll just be show back up on, on Thursday. Thursday. Yep. Hey, we're on Friday. Hey, we're going to run it back. You're the boy that cried wolf. <laughs> yeah, at some Too point. Much. They get sick of your bits. At some point, you are. If you don't have the last concert, is not really the last concert. I just tweeted, six vacation just dropped. And the tier one's responses are, I mean, as you would imagine. No way. Are we surprised that I waited until after the election? Losing an election and fleeing? I have a feeling this wasn't planned in the last 24 hours. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Sixth vacation. Maybe Ben was so frustrated that he lost. I mean, it'll be between September and December between me taking a vacation day. Right. Doesn't that feel like a long time? Loses so an election most people, and flees the country. Three months between days off is it's more than more than eligible for a day off at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. We got it. Me and Paul just get it in the off season. It's fine. Tons of stuff to talk about. I notice you will be here for the fun parts of that week. <laughs> <laughs> the winter meetings. You're not going to miss he the winter miss meetings. Those for the chance. Gets his chance to hobnob with, you know, Chris Russo and <laughs> all the other guys. I love doing the show from a nice uh, hotel, hotel hallway. It is fun. It, it is, is actually fun. quite enjoyable. That was uh, one of our, our more fun weeks the last we, time we I were will at say the winter this. meetings. We said it last time. The Wednesday when everyone's taking off, that's a little bit tougher of a day. Well, that's Thursday. We're not going to be oh, there on Thursday. Yes, okay. So yeah. we're going to stay through the hub. The, it ends like Thursday morning at 9 a.m. So technically... They like, do the Rule 5 draft and everyone just disappears. Yeah, everything goes technically like Sunday to Sunday that week, but it's really like everybody will be there by Sunday, and then it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, time to rock, and then, yeah, people pretty much yeah, the big, dip out the Thursday big days morning, Monday, Wednesday Tuesday, night. and Wednesday. I'm like, is that Sweeney Murty? Bring him on. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> True story. We're like texting. Sweetie! We're texting Adam. Like you got to get the uh, afternoon shows, uh, Coach and Gwen and Chris. Don't don't even make don't, them come down. Tell them, don't, that's <laughs> gonna, not worth Sweetie, it. do you have a minute? Hey, how you doing, man? You want to talk some Yankees baseball with us? Sweetie's a great dude, but we literally caught him walking through the uh, hallway on the last day of the winter meetings. Somebody just said Cancun, like Ted Cruz. Yeah, you're you're our show's Ted Cruz. 
I am not. It's maybe the worst insult. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I'm more. I, 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 I always thought Jim Rome said it best. I I take a lot of vacation because I, I get a lot, get a lot of vacation. vacation. <laughs> Believe me, to someone cream. would stop me if they could, but oh, they can't. So cream. I'm going to take it when I can. I promise not to run that bit into the ground. <laughs> Looks like your Carl DeMaio bit. Next year, <clears throat> 365 days of Ben. You're not, I'm not going to miss a day. Weekends, holidays, I'll be here every single day. I like year. that his answer to it, Paulie, is that's fine. I'll come in a couple of days. Like, it's going to make me feel better if I'm at home. I'm like, well, at least that son of a bitch is in there working today. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> no. No. It's that bastard's <laughs> talking to the Boise State beat reporter yeah. with Adam. Ben's in here just. <laughs> I think that would actually make me feel better. Happy to do actually, it if you, you want know me what? to. I think I feel better too. Adam and I are going to come in then. We'll pick a couple of days over the holidays to do a couple extra shows. Just make it random. Like a Tuesday, yeah. you don't and tell like, anybody. That'll like, teach Adam a to Wednesday stop approving your week. vacation. They got to tune in every day to find that will Ben be here? Will Ben pay off his vacation? <laughs> good morning. It's Ben and Adam. Oh, please. It's a good bit. Really, really good bit. Could be some exciting things going I on. I mean, doubt. remember, what, when was, what was the week when you, Darvish, and Blake Snell and everything happened? It was pretty late in December, wasn't it? I think so. I want to go back and... It actually might have been that week between Christmas and New Year's. That's, I, so. I worry that AJ Preller is going to make life difficult for us over the holidays. He won't. He's not. It's, I'm not I responding. Mean, he can, he he can, can try. He all can he wants. sign. Eric yeah, it was, it was, was like, right before cool, New Year's. Can't it wait was, to talk about it on January third. Like, like, talk about it on December twenty ninth, December thirtieth. Right there, that week between that Christmas right? and yeah. New Year's, when AJ did a lot of his biggest work in twenty twenty. There, man, that's tough, dude. Working for AJ, it's like I, I got to imagine you can't plan much. If you're Josh Stein, you're like, uh, can I go on big? No. Okay. All right. Just let me know if I can get a We're going to go visit the in-laws no, over the holidays no, for happening. a week. We'll be back east and we'll come back. No, there's still a lot of business happening. Lots of That's business. That's why I thought Chris Rose's idea of a moratorium. Absolutely. I think it's a was, great idea. was actually a really good idea. So if you missed it earlier, Chris Rose said, to spark action from the baseball offseason, create a dead period from like the middle of December until after the first week of January. You can't sign anyone you can't do any trades that'll get a lot of things done early uh what is it andrew brando always says deadlines spur action absolutely they do. right now there's no real deadline even the start of spring training is kind of treated as a soft deadline like yeah we started but it's just pitchers and catchers we can we can sign an outfielder in a week or so i am it, down it just from keeps... way more deadlines in baseball yeah, way more yeah i mean the trade deadline works it's, it's fantastic it's you know it's a deadline they got to make the deal so you get a bunch of deals but in the off season, there really aren't any. It's just this blob that just continues on until, you know, we're all at spring training and and, and waiting for the final pieces to fall into place. Oh, that music means we've made it through another day. Good job, everybody. Fun to see you in the morning as always. Uh, we'll run it back tomorrow morning, six a.m. to ten a.m. Final show. Final show ever. Last chance to listen to Ben and Woods. Or maybe not. Goodbye to your ones. <laughs> Coach John Kateri coming up next for Paul Reinald and Stephen Woods. I'm Ben Higgins. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday from all of us here at 97.3 The Fan.